Hello, I'm Alexei Korolev and this is From the Top. On this show, we mostly speak about the world of swing music and dancing, because that's what it's about, but sometimes it's good to step out of it and listen to other voices. <laughs> All right, From the Top. In this special feature, we talk to American drummer and composer Dave King. Dave is perhaps best known for being a co-founder and one-third of the jazz trio The Bad Plus. On the sidelines of Jazz Festival Leibniz, thanks to them for the opportunity, by the way, Dave sat down with me and Alexander Forstner to talk about his loving and loaded relationship with music and about his quirky YouTube show, Rational Funk. Rational Funk is a spoof of the drum tutorial genre, but behind all the jokes and gags, you can see Dave's genuine love and appreciation for drumming and for the arts. And to us, that's a great example of how you can take the thing you love and, through irony and some dainty little moments of insight, kind of um, love it even more. So we began by asking Dave about the power of this sort of loving, ironic detachment. The thing that I was interested in doing was um, not just making it like a stupid parody of instruction videos and things, because I, I think that's a little easier than actually being a part of a character, but also facing my own desires for a very real technical agenda and all of these other things. And so creating a space that's a very complex kind of emotion where there's actual real drumming going on and there's sort of subversive messages about ego and about performance and the fact that anyone who performs has to have some sort of ego presence. So to try to balance those things with an earnestness and at the same time the ridiculous nature of what we're all doing with some of this stuff and taking it as seriously as we do. And so almost like a Duchamp attitude at times or a Dada attitude, not to sound like it's some sort of heavy art concept, but really that's where it was rooted for me was a release of um, you know, a dry form of humor that, that's, that's niche-oriented, very, very direct towards people who kind of know that world of nerding out in the drum world and, and in music and in general. So I have a great love for dedicated my life to, to playing music and to improvising and, and to taking it very seriously. So I think it put me in a position to where I could face not only the things I thought were ridiculous about the world of instruction through video series and things, but also face myself and my desire to um, also be someone that I like some of those things too, you know what I mean? So it was just really facing myself as much as it was making fun of something. Yeah, but how, how important is it to do that to, you know, to your job, to your profession, to, to your passion? Well, I think it's important to question what your motives are when you're making, when you're basically making things to sort of take up the space in other people's lives. I mean, I'm very self-critical. I'm, I'm not someone that really sits there and celebrates all the things that I do, and, I'm, and I think that everyone should dig them and listen to them. And I mean, I think I have a fairly realistic um, view of the importance, but I also believe in the importance of the arts and believe in the importance of performing arts and what it can do to people and their, spiritually and socially and everything. So my life was affected very positively through music. So I feel like almost the Rational Funk is in many ways, it was a form of me protecting what I loved as well. So Exactly, that's what I was going to ask you as well. Yeah. So is this some sort of uh, defense mechanism? Pro might be. 
It might be, I haven't looked at it. It's also really just lighthearted and funny, we hope. We hoped, because it's done. But upon doing it, you know, we really wanted to take that form and just blow it apart. So the whole idea was to challenge any trope of those worlds. I mean, it's completely ridiculous to turn on an instruction series to see someone, like, swearing constantly and riding around in cars and, and you know, going off on tangents, but somehow it all makes sense to the idea of the avant-garde, to, to, to improvising. These are all mindsets to be in in order to create something that is progressive, in my opinion, or something that challenges people in some way, instead of looking for the most obvious conclusion to please everyone. I just had one, one, one follow-up thing. Uh, do you think that it's... Um Especially like with this, all this irony, as you said, that you actually think about yourself a lot, and you actually started the whole thing way in your career as a musician. So, do you think it uh, takes some time to actually to actually pull that off and stand stand for it? I mean, I absolutely do because I don't think I could have ever or would have ever done this unless I had established what I thought anyway that I had established a presence as a as a drummer. Mm -hmm and as a composer in the world of creative music, jazz, whatever you want to call it, improvised music, a certain presence that couldn't be argued. So I think it is important to, to have a certain life experience that <clears throat> then when you can stop and sort of look at it and be in this situation where you're part character, but part yourself. So of course there's completely ridiculous aspects to the statements on Rational Funk, but they also go back and forth between very real statements about things. And I think the only way that I could have been taken even remotely seriously, because I want it to be, is that, that I do have a body of work that if I was challenged on it, it's, it's almost sort of like, yeah, but you know, I've actually done quite a few things and made a lot of records and paid a lot of dues actually. And then hearing from different drummers in the community and, and all over the world that liked the show and that really understand, understood what it was about, really getting it, like really getting that it was, it was lighthearted, it was for everyone to laugh at, but at the same time, it also was like, wow, you know, the, this abstraction, this surrealism, this can make you think about, you know, what we're all doing, you know. Yeah, but it's a very peculiar way to actually do that, like to do it in front of other people. Well, you're correct on vulnerability because that was one of the things that I had to face doing it because, you know, there were some things that we cut out of several episodes that I just couldn't leave in because it was so, you know, like edgy and really dark sometimes mm. and like facing some of those things with myself. For instance, I mean, the episode where I'm destroying the avant-garde But that's a whole world that I have done a lot of time in. So I was really trying to show the sort of real emotions of the anger of feeling like no one gets what you're doing. You're playing in front of three people. You think you've got this ingredient that's going to save the world almost, you know, this pure improvised ingredient. But I, at the same time, I'm into that type of tension and into that type of thing. So I had to make myself vulnerable enough to be able to see that someone, invariably someone was going to be angry about it. And every now and again we would get angry messages of whatever. And we would always think to ourselves, to us it's very obvious that it's coming from a place of loving and making us all sort of laugh together. And that's really what it was. It was a gesture of togetherness within a music community 
because I'm a part of it. And that's what made it unique to me was that I'm an actual part of this and the drumming on the show is very real. When I'm playing and I all of a sudden say, you know, spend time with your rides and we'll stop binge watching. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. Mm. That's real. All of a sudden it appears where I'm going. And then there's some ludicrous stuff about odd time going, what's so odd about it? And then like counting it wrong or doing things like, Try, you know, showing, like sitting there playing rudiments or doing whatever and then playing them slightly wrong. <laughs> like there's always this notion of like, oh, that's a seven, what is that, a nine? So, and there's not. No. There's something about it that, that's showing some sort of real vulnerability where if people are listening and trying to catch it, they're really seeing, is this, you had to do that. See, I had to mm. make it to where it wasn't so obvious all the time that not only I know what I'm doing, but also that I don't know what I'm doing. It, it was somewhere in between all the time, and that's what we thought was cool about it. Yeah, and the, sorry, the, 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 the message that goes through all the episodes, that don't show vulnerability. Which is, of course, the exact opposite yeah, yeah, yeah. of what I actually say yeah. in my life all the time. Yeah. So, of course, that's just destroying people that think that way, because I can't stand when I see musicians that are so, so playing everything they know without taking any risk. They've played it all before, and they, mm. they're just doing it on some level to just show off on some level. When you can't sense that someone is actually hanging something out there, to me, then what is the drama? What is the what is the richness of this music if you don't feel like you're really in the moment, on some sort of journey with someone? And the last thing I want to do is like watch somebody play everything that they are just like worked out and are amazing at and doing whatever. It's sort of like at that point, what is what are we dealing with here? I don't, when I listen to John Coltrane, it doesn't sound to me, even though he practiced meticulously for 12 hours a day, when I hear him playing, I hear him improvising. I don't hear, like, just running over the things that he's worked out. And I practice, and still practice, but I practiced very hard as a kid, and it was all to, to get everything out of the way in order to be able to be in the moment and try things and to, to not be afraid to fail and not be afraid to be vulnerable. Mm. And I don't think that's taught enough in the arts is the idea of vulnerability as a, as a tool instead of something to be worried about. Like, you've got to nail it and you've got to show up at every audition and you've got to be the right drummer for everything and you've got to know how to play all styles. That's not art. That has nothing to do with creativity. Mm. That is serving some other master, which is fine if that's who you are. But that's not what I am, and that's not what that show is about. And that's why at the end of the show, for instance, we cried. That was very real, because how do you end it? So if everyone's thinking, you know, what do we, okay, thanks, bye, and we're still in this sort of character, instead, we set that up, and we turn the sound off, and we, that was the, that was the guy who did it with me, Joe, finally appeared at the end, and, and it was the ultimate vulnerability statement. And that still has people guessing, which is, of course, what was perfect about it. But it was very real because we had realized we had done this, we had worked very hard on it, and we gave it away for free. And that took hours and hours and hours and hours and hours to do. It was just a, a gift. It was just a gesture for anybody who wanted it. So to think about that and talk about it to each other, how much work we did on that show and how it made people laugh and people like you, thankfully, nice guys like you who watched it and people You don't like know that. us. <laughs> <laughs> All over the world, people that watched, you know, people that got into it were really into it, and that just, just says speaks for itself. It's just like, man, we we greatly appreciated anybody taking time to watch. Thanks very much. That was Dave King for From the Top. Thank you. I think it's okay, right? It's okay. Thank you, Dr. Shane.